0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to our podcast on how to fix a Stark problem. I'm Dan Mulholland, and with me is my colleague, Josh Hodges. We're from the law firm of Horty, Springer, and Mattern in Pittsburgh. What we're going to talk about today is a kind of nifty way that the government has given us to correct problems when you identify a financial relationship that falls outside one of the exceptions in the Stark regulations without having to make a self-disclosure to the government. We're gonna be talking about that process in general, suggest how you can structure an amendment to correct the problem, and also touch on a few points that the government made in its regulations. This was part of the regulatory sprint to coordinated care uh, that resulted in major changes to the Stark regulations and I kick back safe harbors in December of 2020.
1: So Josh, can you walk us through what this new
0: rule provides and how it works?
1: Sure thing, Dan. So this new rule provides a variety of flexibilities that will help out entities that are subject to the Stark Law. And for today's podcast, I'm just going to talk about a few of these options. But just be aware that there are others out there. So let's give an example of a hospital and a physician that have a financial relationship. And let's say that after a couple of months have passed, they realize that they have maybe been paying an amount of, paying some money that doesn't really reflect what's in the written agreement. Under these circumstances, you may be able to take advantage of the new flexibilities in the rule. So for example, let's say that you realize that you were paying an amount that didn't really match what was in the contract, but was still consistent with fair market value. Under those circumstances, one option that you'd have available is to simply correct the issue in in an updated writing, an updated contract, and then move ahead without any problems. Now there's a timeline on that. So if you wanna update that writing, you have to do it within 90 days of when the agreement fell out of compliance. So there is a time frame that you'd need to comply with, but that's not your only option. Let's say, for example, that you, you looked back and you realize, oh, you know, we have been paying excessive amounts and we think this might be actually above what would be fair market value. Under those circumstances, you could still fix things. What you would need to do is basically correct the payment discrepancy. So usually that would be perhaps, you know, collecting the money back from the physician, recouping the funds, or if you underpaid, paying the correct amount. And the time frame for that is equal to the lifetime of the contract plus 90 days. So either of those two options are available, and they can also be sort of combined. You can mix and match with other exceptions that exist under the new rules, which may help you to bring an agreement into compliance under other circumstances too. So these are some really valuable flexibilities for your compliance team that will help you avoid things like having to go through the headache and, and the cost of making a self-disclosure, for example, assuming you can take advantage of that. So it's, it's a really good option.
0: And the rule is at 42 CFR section 411.357H. And the rule itself, Uh, is relatively short in terms of describing this um, option that Josh had just mentioned. But it's very interesting in terms of some of the commentary that accompanied the rule in the December 2nd Federal Register. And that commentary, among other things, says that uh, depending on the circumstances, it might be possible to establish that an arrangement was compliant for its entire duration, as Josh mentioned. And then the government said something very interesting, that not every error will cause a financial relationship to be out of compliance with the Stark Law, nor must every mistake or error be corrected in order to maintain compliance. Among other things, they said that administrative and operational errors that are identified and rectified in a timely manner will not cause a relationship to be out of compliance. For instance, they said not all transfers of remuneration will even give rise to a compensation arrangement under Stark. Uh, examples, mistaken payments that were never identified. Let's say that you um, made a mistake and paid a doctor more in a particular time period than otherwise would be called for by the contract, but that was an isolated event. Uh, they said that that's something you wouldn't have to correct and it probably wouldn't cause a problem with the compensation arrangement. A situation where someone steals something, something from you, that confers remuneration on the thief, but it's not something that would be a violation of the Stark Law because the um, entity from which the money was stolen uh, would be an innocent party. Another example they gave is use of office space that's not called for in the lease. I don't know how many times we've had calls like this where somebody said, hey, we have a doctor office building, and there's a physician group in that office building that has a lease for 10,000 feet of space but they saw some space that was empty next to them and they just moved into it and they're not paying on the lease well that can be rectified simply by adjusting it going forward but the fact that the office space used doesn't exactly match what's described in the lease would not necessarily cause a start violation or use of equipment beyond the lease term where a physician might be leasing medical equipment from a hospital or vice versa and the lease expires, but the equipment is used after that, uh, that's an uh, issue that they said probably wouldn't create a problem. And then a slight deviation from a written agreement, you know, such as a one-time incorrect rental payment, uh, would not be something that would give rise to an impermissible compensation arrangement. So there was a lot of flexibility when you read the uh, commentary in connection with the actual regulation. And... Josh, I think one uh, classic example is where uh, a contract calls for a payment at a certain rate and for whatever reason the uh, parties are paying at a different rate, like a medical directorship, right?
1: Oh, that's true. That would be a a great example of when you you may have certain issues that arise in terms of compliance and you could go back and take advantage of one of those prior exceptions that we get talked about.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that let's say the example is The contract calls for paying a medical director at $140 an hour, and you discover the doctor's paid at $150 an hour, but uh, that's still within fair market range. All you'd have to do is correct the contract going forward saying, hey, we're now reflecting that the payment rate is $150, even though that's still within fair market rates. You wouldn't have to do any kind of reconciliation or repayment. Now, that's different than a situation, as Josh mentioned earlier, where you discover that you had paid more than fair market value during some term of the arrangement. and The arrangement is still in effect. What you can do then is enter into an amendment and reconciliation between the parties. And you should do this in writing to make it clear what you're doing, saying that going forward, you're going to pay at the rate that is fair market value. And to the extent that there was fair market or remuneration paid above fair market value prior to that, you can rectify it by saying that the doctor will agree to repay that. You can even have a uh, promissory note where the doctor would agree to repay that money over time, uh, but provide that if the arrangement terminates, then all the money comes due and owing, due and, owing uh, and can be collected uh, up to 90 days after termination to come within that 90 day window that Josh mentioned. So uh, there's a lot of flexibility uh, that's provided. And I think that, you can take advantage of it now because these new regulations went into effect on january 19 2021 so joss any other thoughts about this i think it's a neat trick that um, you can use not a trick it's a legitimate way of fixing a relationship that somehow was out of kilter for whatever reason and uh,
1: not have to make a formal self-disclosure to the government oh absolutely i i think as far as some takeaway messages it's really a good reminder of how helpful it can be to have a compliance team that is really on top of things checking things frequently because there are time frames here we mentioned that these vary a little bit but it's always in your advantage to catch these problems early because if you do that you'll have a better chance of of being able to take advantage of some of the other options
0: that's right and you know a lot of hospitals are considering mergers and acquisitions right now and during due diligence a lot of these arrangements are discovered and that's what led the government initially to say let's get a better way to do this to be inundated with self-disclosures because both parties didn't sign a contract in a timely manner. That's one example of a technical violation of the Stark rules. So if you're going through due diligence if you're just doing routine compliance um, reviews of your contractual arrangements and you find a, an issue that might cause a concern that the contract was out of compliance with the strict rules of the Stark regulations, Uh, this is a a tool that you can use and use to your advantage and not have to worry about it going forward. So if you have any issue like that, feel free to call us at 412-687-7677. We'll be glad to help you. So thank you very much for uh, tuning into our podcast and uh, hope to talk to you again in the future.
1: Thanks, everyone.